Shoe Live. This episode is being recorded and streamed live on TalkShoe.com. You are joining the online studio. Your line is muted. You can unmute yourself by pressing star six on your phone. at this point because I've, I've run my course not with the censorship and the attacks but I just belong to some other age I guess because there isn't any immediacy there isn't any concern there's just kind of <laughs> where initiatives mean nothing like we have totally legal censorship going on we have them bragging about it we have them dead to rights no one will attack and then I'm being totally shut down because we're writing reports and getting it to Congress and they're they're beginning to act. I'm not that damn smart. You know how easy this is? Jesus. But no one wants to do it. No one has the instinct or the will to execute anything real. They only execute failure. <laughs>
the answer. We're not doing the Assange thing. It's not going to happen. None of it's going to happen. It's like push notifications on the new app. Push notifications you to go out live at special times. And we're like, oh, we didn't turn that on. So, like, oh, great. You know, it's like, it's like there's some type of spirit of like, I don't know how to explain it. Like the only energy is evil. And so you don't get energy unless you're evil. And then the evil is around like gremlins, sabotaging everything. 30% of the public's on psychotropics. Cancer is exploding off the charts, and people love it. People fucking love it. They don't only love it. They, they fucking it. love every minute of it. They it's, it's, fucking it's, it's love just, it. It's like God to them. Being lied to. Being a failure. Being destroyed. It's like sexy. It's like, and then Trump comes in and like tries to deliver and turn things around. And all these cowards, they just want the media to agree with them. They go, oh, we hate him too. Uh, I hate my 401k. I hate my pay going up. I hate him trying to cut the cost of prescription drugs. I want to be loved by CNN, even though I don't watch it. I'll tell you the failings of Trump. He said he'd expose vaccines. You know that vaccines almost brain damage. Barron, he came back, he bounced back. And I mean, he knows uh, Assange wasn't a Russian agent. There's no evidence of that. And Hillary had the illegal server and the info was everywhere. And people got it out and we exposed the crime. So thank God he knows all that. So, you know, I want to criticize Trump. There it is. And the so-called left in this country, they're not the left. They're a bunch of deranged criminals who hate themselves so much that they are projecting absolute abject hatred on anyone else having a voice and are the most anti-free speech, anti-liberal people on the planet. And they've gone from denying they were ever censoring a year ago to raging around saying we want Alex Jones shut up and then misrepresenting what I've said. It's incredible. And every scumbag and slime ball and weird heroin addict and you name it has crawled out from under rocks. People I barely knew 15 years ago to then tell giant lies about me, which is even greater. It'll impeach everything they're doing. It's just at a certain point, you're like, God almighty, this is what death looks like. This is what laziness looks like. <laughs> you know, humans don't communicate anymore. Or they, they gibber and jabber about stuff that doesn't matter. And then they send a text message and never communicate with anybody about anything of substance. It's spiritual death. And people are ugly now. They're stupid. Their IQs are dropping. They're dying all around us. I feel like a failure. God, if I ruled the planet, I'd feel like I ruled a pile of cockroaches or something. I mean, who the hell would want to rule this? See, God wants to turn people loose and see them be strong. And that's where we were. And now everything is turning down. Everything is failing.
the gods of the system are John Podesta and Hillary Clinton, who both look like meth head mental patients and act like them, and we bow. This is what, because only scum like that would even seek power in something like this. Unbelievable. Unspeakable. I don't even know what to say at this point because I've, I've run my course, not with the censorship and the attacks, but I just belong to some other age, I guess, because there isn't any immediacy. There isn't any concern. There's just kind of jellyfish brain where initiatives mean nothing like we have totally legal censorship going on. We have them bragging about it. We have them dead to rights. No one will attack. And then I'm being totally shut down because we're writing reports and getting it to Congress and they're, they're beginning to act. I'm not that damn smart. You know how easy this is? Jesus. But no one wants to do it. No one has the instinct or the will to execute anything real. They only execute failure. Over and over and over again. But getting the failure, but getting it as the public begins to look like servile hippopotamuses, lobotomized, uh, uh, and you're like, oh, we'll just try to establish the And then, oh, the, the subhumans, oh, let me look at the, the establishment are like a bunch of crazed vampires on PCP. I sure as hell don't want to join them. Then I just come to the realization out of trillions of worlds, we're going to probably die. Everything we did as a species, all of our beauty, all of our goodness will just fail. And we're going to go down the tubes because a bunch of inbred child molesters in Hollywood had some psychotic dream that they wanted to kill everybody. And so we all just rolled over by peer pressure and gave into it and never executed anything real, never did anything real, never took action when all the tools were right there in our hands because we weren't meant to. We couldn't do it. We didn't want it. Bill Salente's coming up. We probably won't have that thing for Julian Assange tomorrow. Probably never at this point. Because I've I've run my course, not with the censorship and the attacks, but I just belong to some other age, I guess. Because there isn't any immediacy. There isn't any concern. There's just kind of jellyfish brain where initiatives mean nothing like we have totally legal censorship going on. We have them bragging about it. We have them dead to rights. No one will attack. And then I'm being totally shut down because we're writing reports and getting it to Congress and they're, they're beginning to act. I'm not that damn smart. You know how easy this is? Jesus. But no one wants to do it. No one has the instinct or the will to execute anything real. They only execute failure. <laughs> You know, Todd, I begged on my knees early last week to create an Assange um, petition, which actually has an effect to give to Congress, the president. And it, and and then it was like an afterthought Friday. They were going to like stick it right at the end of the show. And then metaphysically, it was done again today. And I'm not mad at the crew. I just, you know, it's like this thing, like the more important something is, the more it doesn't matter. The more it's just like nothing like our free speech or capitalism or anything. 
it's an afterthought because so so I'll launch this Assange petition tomorrow or I'm gonna I'm gonna cancel the show permanently it's a decision I've made I'm gonna come in here tomorrow and I'm gonna launch this at the start of the show or I'm going to shut InfoWars down I'll probably forget it but that metaphysically is the symbol that I must shut the doors because if I can't even in six days put a petition out for Julian Assange to be pardoned, they're about to extradite him to the U.S., that I shouldn't be on the air. It's like that FBI agent, former counterterrorism guy, big star in the FBI, did a lot of great stuff, said, there's no urgency, there's no pulse, there's no... There's no differentiation. You've got a billion, 800 million Muslims saying we're going to conquer you, we're going to kill you, we're going to murder you. Europe has opened up to it and no one even cares. And then there's a thousand articles a day or more saying ban Alex Jones and saying outrageous lies. Like I was going to poison David Hawk, no proof. Or I beat up a kid, no proof. And it's like you don't feel insulted by people doing that to you? Uh, This is an update. Uh, It's about the reverse flirting magnet helmet. And uh, I've been wearing it for just about two years, and it, it gets better every day. And uh, I can go through a couple of mag- or helmets that I've, I've built in the past. Um, but let me explain uh, how, how well it's, it's helping out. In the beginning, you get this mind freedom, this brain freedom, like literally, like it's heavy chain lifted. And you get this brain boost. Um, I mean, you, you'll find, you'll see it a little subtly, but you won't realize it too much. But uh, once you take it off, you'll feel the difference. You know, you, you'll just feel like, oh, I do this, I do that. It's like, all right, you want to be talkative again, and uh, um, and then and then literally, you get that brain freedom. You know, uh, another one is next instant. Um, Induced chart pains and headaches, uh, even pain in your body goes away. Um, like I, I had a uh, another TI, uh, we had a TI meeting, a group meeting, and then a cookout and stuff, and, and uh, in Long Beach, and and uh, two TIs were going through, uh, or getting pain in their heads and, and getting shots to the body. You know, most people think that. Well, anyways, let me finish that. Uh, the shots were. Um, you know, it was creating headaches and, and, and the pains in the body. Once they put on the helmet, uh, one, the first lady, she had this brain boost, uh, literally. Um, it, it took about, uh, I don't know, about 20 minutes. The next, you know, she was talking a lot and just open, more open, and, and uh, she was excited. And, and uh, it's, just, it's subtle. It's subtle in a way where you're, like, you're back to your old self. Um, the other lady, um, and plus the, her hits were gone, and the uh, second lady, she tried it on, and I mean, uh, she put it on, and instantly her the, her headache was gone, uh, uh, migraines, because uh, she was she was going through it uh, at that at that point, and uh, um, she uh, uh, she was she was just excited. It was like, oh wow, it, you know, my pains are gone. Know, in my body as well the reason is because uh the hits 
they're they're affecting your body is is, is mostly uh, towards your brain first. It uh, um, it hits all those uh, receptors, uh, and all your body's receptors is connected to your brain. You know, it just sends a signal about pain in this certain part of your body, and it sends it right back, and it. Um, and it's like, oh, ow, and, and then you get those pain uh, feelings. I mean, if only we didn't have all those receptors, it'd be great. Um, you wouldn't be able to feel anything. But, uh, um, and then it sends to your, your body, just, you know, your your body sends these uh, these messages to your brain that's um, not only in pain, but it's uh, um, the damage it's doing and everything. And it, it just makes you weaker and weaker. Uh, like, for instance, here's an example. Uh, last night, uh, they're 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 pretty pissed off about um, that I got the helmet out, and uh, um, and that, and that people, I mean, one guy was skeptical. Tia was skeptical. Uh, he was like, "Well, if you got the proof, or or um, or you know, I mean, you know, tested and this and that, and even there, and that's the equipment I don't have. You know, I, I I rely on the equipment of my my own brain, my own body, and how I feel. And I tell you what, it's a, beautiful feeling you know after almost one for about two years you know all the things the symptoms were going away gone away i was paranoid none of that stuff i was able to get out now i'm able to get out more um i'm just there's no worries me it's just like you know hey just you know it's just no problem um you know i can do it and uh um, no i mean uh no suicide induced suicide thoughts none of that and you can actually tell what what are the, the thoughts that they put in your head that trying to mimic your own thoughts, and it's like uh, uh, no no with the helmet you can instantly tell. It's Magneto five. There's magnets all over. It's about seven point two five pounds. It's the lightest I can get it, honestly. Um, I'm gonna be testing on some uh, um, X-ray X-ray material, an X-ray cap. Um, this is my first one, and I'm going to put that in reverse polarity. What I'm going to do is um, put, put magnets in reverse and just, uh, 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 you know, uh, darn it, brain fart. Sorry about that. I'm going to rivet uh, the, the magnets, you know, to the x ray cap and see how that works before I actually put it out there. But look forward to that. It'll be lighter. It would be uh, more compact to be able to take it wherever you want. You can put it on in the car. And, you know, it, it just it just covers this whole area right here. You can get it on eBay, the extra cap. You want to try it out without magnets at first, and then you can get to me. And hey, you know, I got this magnet cap. Can you put? Uh, I mean, this uh, X-ray cap. Can you put magnets on? And I'll do it for you. You know, I just pay for the magnets, and then uh, boom. You know, I send it back to you. Um, uh, but what I was what I was also saying is, most people felt relief, and it, and it actually made a believer out of that guy that was uh, was kind of skeptical. And it, I mean, literally after after the meeting, he was like, "Hey, you know, we, you know, get together, you know, teach me how to build this that that way can help you, and and uh, and we can try to figure out how to get some people that we know or that he knows to you know, get extra testing to see." And I mean. And I was like, oh, wow, I mean, good to go. I mean, geez, I made a believer out of them. And uh, I've been doing that every day. Um, people have uh, actually have gotten 
testimonies from people emailing me. I, I save them, uh, uh, telling me how much, and how much they thank me and appreciate not only the helmets that I made, but um, also the helmets they made. You know, from watching my instructional videos. Um, you gotta be, you gotta uh, watch it, watch it through its entirety to get an understanding. Probably watch it again, and plus read the. Uh, 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 you know the comment section at the bottom of, uh, of YouTube, and uh, you know, especially my notes. I have tips, and tricks, and and different companies I go through. Um, uh, the main uh, magnet company I go through is is uh, um, New Egg, New Egg dot com. Uh, it's a simple website to remember, and uh, I mean you had to double order to get the amount of magnets. Like on this one. Right here, it's it's about a little over 600 magnets. So order about 650, 700, because you will snap a few. Um, I get my rivets from nuttybolts.com. That's nuttybolts.com. Uh, make sure you order about half of the magnets that get put on your helmet, which is you know which is about what uh, um, about 300 to odd price just in case you bust some 350. Um, let's see, let me, let me just go through a little history. All right, Magneto One is not here because I tore it apart so I can salvage the magnets. It fell apart anyways and it stopped working because uh, you know I built it with duct tape and and glue, super glue, whatever. It's, you know, it's just uh, I should have used epoxy or something. But um, it, it worked for a short period of time with solid magnets. They were like M52 uh, and 30 to 35 pound pull. Um, and uh, it, it finally, they started folding on each other and, and slapped together. So that's why it made it just not, not worth keeping. So I tore it apart. Uh, Magneto uh, 2 is I try to make it cheaper. Which is this right here? These are magnet, excuse me, from Harbor Freight, which are um, this thing. This one turned out to be a flop, but I geez, I was, I was so desperate to find a way to make it cheap as possible to make for y'all, you know, for you to make as well. This is this is made it you know, glued on my epoxy, and uh, it turned out to be a flop because the magnets are not strong enough. They're not uh, nidium magnets. Um, they turn out to be heavy, really heavy, and the pain from the weight uh, was was more than, than just the, the hits itself. So I really couldn't tell whether it was working or not, and I really didn't want to feel like it because it was putting too much pressure on the top of my skull. Um, and it's very uncomfortable. These are these are block mag magnets inside. <laughs> That one did turn out too well, but it cost you know less than two around two hundred dollars to less than two hundred dollars. So you know it, it it uh uh it just it's just too heavy. Then I got uh magnet magneto um uh four no no I'm sorry magneto three which is actually called magneto SS and this one is I actually picked up a magneto helmet from eBay. And I put all these magnets. I epoxy these on. These are thirty. These right here are about thirty to forty-five pound test 
these are yeah about 40 uh cool i mean she's this is called the star of david uh, i wind up riveting the rest of them because it just i could not get the magnets to stay and it took me two months to build this and see all the magnets are inside i did the star of david inside as well and i got all those magnets and I, i'm amazed i actually got this far and it was very uh painful and excruciating and just and just frustrating and just like and i had to take breaks um same thing with with riveting too as well but it has its own demons um and but that one is is beautiful um that one is like i mean literally just for emergencies for me and and if i want to get rid of some stuff in btk and i'm just like you know, i'm over it but i haven't used it in a long time because magneto 5 has been working beautifully um but i tell you what this one right here is just i put that sucker on and, you know everything's like gone and i can just it's so this one's heavy and it's so um it's so powerful that i mean literally you could just do your own thing and do 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 do, do and nothing gets to you nothing at all and everything else goes away it's like whatever <laughs> it's, it's like this you know you know, and then you're like, do you, and you can take care of things like instantly with no problems or hassles or B2K or anyways, here is Magneto 4. God, this one is actually heavier, but it's a lot more comfortable, you know, because I got the pads a little bit better in here. And uh, um, it's this one's mainly just for sleeping. Um, the only reason why I keep some of these is because it's the history of, of Magneto uh uh magnetos helmets and uh, reverse party magnet helmets so that's the only reason why i keep them i have used this one a lot i use this was my main helmet when i was building magneto 5 for other people and uh, um it's just a better lighter product uh this one it, it's got a way i think it's ways of how uh geez either 16 or no no it's um well, almost 10 pounds, I believe. It's almost like a bullet ball. Uh, but it works. It works well. I see I got them all spread out a little bit. Plus, I made this right here to help with the BTKs to cover up the hole in a regular baseball helmet. And I used like a rubber uh, um, uh, gasket, you know, from Lowe's. You can find it in Lowe's, like a plumbing section. And you look, ask for the gaskets. I glued this one on. So I can't actually use it on any other helmets if I want to take it off. I probably could, but I don't know. Um, it's a little bit nicer sometimes with the B2K because uh, with it off, uh, because you got two things. Uh, if you if you create that that, uh, that echo, it's like being in a uh, place where it's it's it just uh, with B2K, it just it just it gets a little louder and clearer. So I like the holes where I can hear other things like. Uh, music, like I say, I I, I I listen to Mexican music um, every day uh, at night, especially when I'm sleeping, because it distracts me, and I don't understand it. And it's, I actually got used to it. And besides, my my uh, the perps hate it; they really hate it. You know, with you know, the oh, they're a monitoring; they just can't stand it. So I'm just like I'm listening to it. <laughs> and uh, and here, let me get to Magneto Five. This is this is this is my baby. This is Magneto Five. Ah, this bad boy does everything and all. Most of the B2K. 
and they, they switched the tones. That's what they did to me. They switched the tones just to annoy me, but that's that's easy, uh, especially if, if you're used to ringing tinnitus. It takes a while to get used to it, uh, to ignore all the other stuff, too. It took about a year and a half to ignore uh, uh, B2K and uh, all their other BS they like to do. But this one is the key. Um, this is Magneto 5. Um, it's lighter. It's about 7.25 uh, pounds. Um, uh, it, it blocks just even more. And like I said, over time, uh, it will, um, it will, a lot of symptoms that you have will go away. Um, like for the jolts, mm -hmm. it, I think it took around uh, a couple months or to actually, you know, be light and then actually about six to almost a year to actually go away completely. Uh, that's how much damage, I mean, a year and a half, I was with no shielding, you know, getting my brain bombarded by these these perps. And uh, uh, literally, um, you know, those that's a lot of damaged brain cells. And those damaged brain cells equals uh, more power to them, you know, and you, you want to take their, take their glory and power away and empower yourself. You know, and that's what this does, it empowers yourself. You see how they've got the magnets on the brim? That's a must. If you get uh, visuals or, um, or you know, flashy lights, like strobe lighting in your eyes, you just dip this sucker in. You just dip it down, you know, where it covers your eyes a little bit, and, uh, and literally, it's done, it goes away. It just floats away. I mean, you'll still have like, like that fuzzy uh, TV, and that's all you have. And, and you can get used to that, that's no problem. Uh, you but you won't get those visuals or anything like gone. Um, I've had one once, and that was a long time ago. But it was so it was not even it was when I was awake, but I could see so tiny characters in my in my uh, eyes and stuff like that. And, and uh, I was like, you just ignore it, brush it off, and keep going. Go to bed, go back to bed, put on your helmet, gone. Go back, you know. And I sleep very well with this helmet. I didn't even sleep in, you know, if I want to. Um, it's everything seems to be my choice again. Um, I'm able to go out, take care of my business, and what it does, it allows your brain cells. And let me get to this. Um, you know, put it on the helmet. I don't know if I mentioned it. It keeps your. Uh, it actually allows your brain cells to heal, and healing is 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 a uh, is a must need thing, especially when you get targeted. You're getting hit and, and zapped in your brain. Um, it damages cells and makes your body weaker. Everything's connected to your cells, your brain cells, and everything's connected to your brain. It's uh, your, all your uh, receptors, uh, anxiety, uh, depression. I mean, all of it. You know, all those, all those nervous systems, and just all that's literally connected throughout your body to your brain. Everything, and so you just got to shield your brain. That's the most important thing to do. Uh, what it does allow you, it's, uh, um, while wearing it, uh, it, like I say, my, my, uh, um, uh, I stress on wearing it for at least two to three months straight. If you can, if, if you can't wear it on as much as you possible, when you relax at home, wear it around the house, just for that, that two or three months, just allow your brain cells to heal just enough to, uh, to where you can just wear it at night when you go to bed. Um. And then, and then you'll find out is that that's that's when you only really need it is at bedtime 
or if you want to chill out and relax and go on, uh, you know, Facebook or whatever, you can just put on your helmet and relax with it or watch TV. I don't even know what to say at this point because I've, I've run my course, not with the censorship and the attacks, but I just belong to some other age, I guess. Because there isn't any immediacy. There isn't any concern. There's just kind of jellyfish brain. Where initiatives mean nothing. Like, we have totally legal censorship going on. We have them bragging about it. We have them dead to rights. No one will attack. And then I'm being totally shut down because we're writing reports and getting it to Congress and they're, they're beginning to act. I'm not that damn smart. You know how easy this is? Jesus. But no one wants to do it. No one has the instinct or the will to execute anything real. They only execute failure. <laughs> you know, Todd, I begged on my knees early last week to create an Assange um, petition, which actually has an effect to give to Congress, the president, and 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 then. It was like an afterthought Friday. They were going to like stick it right at the end of the show. And then metaphysically, it was done again today. And I'm not mad at the crew. I just, you know, it's like this thing. Like the more important something is, the more it doesn't matter. The more it's just like nothing. Like our free speech or capitalism or anything. It's an afterthought because. So, so I'll launch this Assange petition tomorrow, or I'm gonna I'm gonna cancel the show permanently. It's a decision I've made. I'm gonna come in here tomorrow, and I'm gonna launch this at the start of the show, or I'm going to shut Infowars down. I'll probably forget it, but that metaphysically is the symbol that I must shut the doors. Because if I can't even in six days put a petition out for Julian Assange to be pardoned, they're about to extradite him to the U.S., that I shouldn't be on the air. It's like that FBI agent, former counterterrorism guy, big star in the FBI, a lot of great stuff, said, there's no urgency, there's no pulse, there's no, there's no differentiation. You've got a billion, 800 million Muslims saying, we're going to conquer you, we're going to kill you, we're going to murder you. Europe has opened up to it and no one even cares. And then there's a thousand articles a day or more saying ban Alex Jones and saying outrageous lies. Like I was going to uh, poison David Hogg, no proof. Or I beat up a kid, no proof. And it's like, you don't feel insulted by people doing that to you? But the petition doesn't even line up straight. Just take it off. I'm not doing it. I'm just shutting it down. And maybe, you know, humanity just has to fall. It has civilization has to fall. All the lefts and their big high rises learn how to tie their shoelaces who prey on those of us that work. It just has to go down. And you know, it's going to go down too. And I just have been a fool trying to prop it up. God, I've tried hard too. God, I've tried so hard. There's the answer. We're not doing the Assange thing. It's not going to happen. None of it's going to happen. It's like push notifications on the new app. The push notifications need to go out when we go live at special times. And we're like, 
oh, we didn't turn that on. So, oh, great. You know, it's like, it's like there's some type of spirit of like, I don't explain it. Like the only energy is evil. And so you don't get energy unless you're evil. And then the evil people are like hopping around like gremlins, sabotaging everything. 30% of the public's on psychotropics. Cancer is exploding off the charts and people love it. They live for it. It's 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 just it's like God to them. Being lied to, being a failure, being destroyed is like sexy. It's like and then Trump comes in and like tries to deliver and turn things around and all these cowards, they just want the media to agree with them. They go, Oh, we hate him too. I hate my 401k. I hate my pay going up. I hate him trying to cut the cost of prescription drugs. I want to be loved by CNN, even though I don't watch it. I'll tell you the failings of Trump. He said he'd expose vaccines. He know that vaccines almost brain damaged Barron. He came back. He bounced back. And I mean, he knows. Uh, Assange wasn't a Russian agent. There's no evidence of that. Hillary had the illegal server and the info was everywhere and people got it out and we exposed the crime. So thank God he knows all that. So, you know, I want to criticize Trump. There it is. And the so-called left of this country, they're not the left. They're a bunch of deranged criminals who hate themselves so much that they are projecting absolute abject hatred on anyone else having a voice and are the most anti-free speech, anti-liberal people on the planet. And they've gone from denying they were ever censoring a year ago to raging around saying, we want Alex Jones shut up and then misrepresenting what I've said. It's incredible. And every scumbag and slime ball and weird heroin addict and you name it has crawled out from under uh, people I barely knew 15 years ago to then tell giant lies about me, which is even greater. It'll impeach everything they're doing. It's just at a certain point, you're like, God almighty, this is what death looks like. This is what laziness looks like. You know, humans don't communicate anymore, or they, they gibber and jabber about stuff that doesn't matter, and then they send a text message and never communicate with anybody about anything of substance. It's spiritual death. And people are ugly now. They're stupid. Their IQs are dropping. They're dying all around us. I feel like a failure. God, if I ruled the planet, I'd feel like I ruled a pile of cockroaches or something. I mean, who the hell would want to rule this? See, God wants to turn people loose and see them be strong. And that's where we were. And now everything is turning down. Everything is failing. The gods of this system are John Podesta and Hillary Clinton who both look like meth head mental patients 
and act like them and we bow. This is what, because only scum like that would even seek power in something like this. Unbelievable. Unspeakable. I don't even know what to say at this point. Because I've, I've run my course, not with the censorship of the attacks, but I just belong to some other age, I guess. Because there isn't any immediacy. There isn't any concern. There's just kind of jellyfish brain. Where initiatives mean nothing like we have totally legal censorship going on. We have them bragging about it. We have them dead to rights. No one will attack. And then I'm being totally shut down because we're writing reports and getting it to Congress and they're they're beginning to act. I'm not that damn smart. You know how easy this is? Jesus. But no one wants to do it. No one has the instinct or the will to execute anything real. They only execute failure. Over and over and over again. But getting the failure, but getting it as the public begins to look like servile hippopotamuses. Lobotomized uh, uh, and you're like, oh, well, just join the establishment. It sees the, and then, oh, the establishment's feeding on the, the subhumans. Oh, let me look at the, the establishment are like a bunch of crazed vampires on PCP. I sure as hell don't want to join them. And then I just come to the realization out of trillions of worlds, we're going to probably die. And everything we did as a species, all of our beauty, all of our goodness will just fail. And we're going to go down the tubes because a bunch of inbred child molesters in Hollywood had some psychotic dream that they wanted to kill everybody. And so we all just rolled over by peer pressure and gave into it and never executed anything real, never did anything real, never took action when all the tools were right there in our hands because we weren't meant to. We couldn't do it. We didn't want it. Joe Salente's coming up. We probably won't have that. Thanks for Julian Assange tomorrow. Probably never. Because humanity is going to be slaughtered in mass, and almost all of you are going to die excruciating, long, painful deaths, while the globalists suck every dime out of you with weaponized cancer. And you'll never even know what hits you. So celebrate our censorship. Celebrate your leftist garbage. Celebrate all of it because you're dead already. <laughs> and celebrate your Islamic God as well and a six-year-old wife. All right, Gerald Salente's coming up. Hope you all enjoy yourselves. There'll be no petition for Assange. There'll be no aid. Hello and welcome everybody. I'm Dr. Catherine Horton and with me is Melanie Bridgham. Today we are giving you um Ikato. Sorry, it says off air still. I don't know. Oh, it, it, says, it says live on my end. Hang on. Okay. Let me, okay, so let's let's just check because we had a lot of glitches. I'm just going to check the um are we live? Yes, we are live. We are live. Okay. So, okay, I think it's all fine. And does it say still offline for you? For me it says off air, but Okay. 
might be back on my side. If, if you are on air, I think you're on air. Hang on, let me just uh, okay because I'm preparing for absolutely everything. No, I think you're on air. I think that's okay. We will, we will see. So, <laughs> anyway, so we were sabotaged into oblivion again today, you know, many, many ways. Um, but we're here to bring you uh, great news, really, from Ikatoa and many, many today. So much has happened, and we're really pleased. Um, so I will pass the floor straight away to Melanie so that she can uh, tell us the, the great news from, from Ikatoa. Yes, hello. Uh, good evening, Catherine. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I have indeed great news to tell you. Uh, last uh, week, we spoke about uh, our, uh, the restart of our, our scanning project, which means that we're scanning uh, the ICADO members for non-consensual implantation uh, with uh, nanotechnology implant uh, devices. And that we're doing this in a Faraday cage, in a controlled environment, with the help of uh, one of the biggest universities here in Belgium and university professors, and that this project uh, is about to restart again. Uh, we have uh, a next um, meeting scheduled in August uh, for the calibration scanning, and Catherine can explain in a moment what that means. Um, but one day of scanning costs us, uh, let's say with all the, the travel expenses, so 1,500 euros. We had uh, done the first fundraising video, which was very successful due to the generous donation of Anm and a few um, other smaller donors, so that uh, we could at least secure this first calibration scanning that will now happen in August. Um, and then afterwards, we would like to invite the ICATOR members very quickly after that to do uh, another group scanning to provide our members with the proof, with the scientific evidence they need uh, regarding the crimes committed, committed against them. So um, we had started last week another fundraising appeal to be able to, to organize this uh, second scanning uh, very quickly now, um, probably this, this fourth. And uh, I have the good news to tell you today that we have collected again thanks to anm uh, one third of the amount we need for this this uh, second member scanning so thank you very much Anne, again for your great support um and uh, so we are let's say we're a third there uh, and today we're launching another appeal to hopefully be able to raise at least another thousand euros to be able then to to schedule the, uh, the, the ICATO member scanning uh, this, this, this autumn, as I said, uh, maybe September or October. So, but uh, today is first uh, to announce that um, we are, let's say, almost there, <laughs> a third there at least, and uh, hopefully by the end of this video, <laughs> uh, we will have uh, raised sufficient um, funds to, to immediately proceed to, to schedule the, um, the second uh, scanning with, with our members. So um, I have to say we, we, we are so grateful to our donors because there were um, there were lots of donors, but there were two donors who really I think stretched to the absolute max that they could uh, donate, and they have been keeping us uh, afloat. And uh, Amalia is one of them, and Anne M is another. And I think they will go down in the Hall of Fame. You know, of history of people who have been really supporting uh, the biggest human rights effort um, ever. Correct. Mankind. There is also Hannah Lover. Oh, yes, uh, of course, yeah. yes, 
Oh, sorry, yes, you're right. A German donor, yeah. Yes, exactly. And uh, they have just, uh, blown our mind and uh, we are so incredibly grateful. So the other question that has also been asked is uh, why can't people come already after scanning in August? And the reason is because it will not be a scanning as such, it will be a half scanning using Melanie and me as a calibration candle and then really trying to um, hone down on the on the measurement protocol. So the issue is that we really need the entire day to work um, all out with the professor and pretty undisturbed so that we can go down into nitty gritty and you know um, make sure that the entire chain of data acquisition and data analysis is down to a T. Uh, the problem is that if you allow uh, a few other victims to be scanned, that invariably takes time away from us being able to work with um, with the professor. And uh, given that the day comes with 1,200 euros, it is so incredibly precious. And besides, on that day, you will not have the perfect uh, measurement solution. You will basically have the beta version, the one that is still in testing. So that's not what you want for your court case. What you really want for a court case is you go in under controlled condition, you get scanned, and then you get the report of the scan, you know, straight off the print so that you can take it to court. Now, in, in August, that's not what's going to happen. In August, what's going to happen is that Melanie and I are going to pop in, pop out, be scanned, you know, um, over and over again, and we'll look at the data acquisition chain, we'll look at the corrections that need to be applied to get the analysis just right. You know, and that will be a lot of back and forth and tinkering and working with uh, the postdoc and the professor. So it will be very technical. And um, as I said, because everything is still under progress, uh, getting refined you will not get the best test results. You know, so this is why. It, and it's correct. And we really want to finalize this measurement protocol, uh, as Catherine says, to the T. So that we should, the day when we're inviting the ICATO members to get scanned, we're really sure that we get positive results and that we put all the chances on our side. Because what we do not want is to waste resources and, uh, you know, have people come from all over the world almost, because I can say from pre-warnings in, in the further catch here, uh, we really had people flying in from all over the world to, to, to get scanned. So this time we want to make sure that we have uh, worked on this measurement protocol, that it's all set up and that we all have uh, all agree on that this is the measurement protocol we use, that it is correct, so that we have really the highest chance of getting positive results and getting the, the victims the, the scientific evidence they need for the court cases. Uh, I also would like to add, uh, as we said last time, I think that if we have victims that are currently uh, in court cases, we have a few uh, cases where, where Catherine is uh, also um, consulting them and helping them, uh, they uh, can be sure that they will be invited with priority so that uh, they have the, the scientific evidence uh, on the day of their court case uh, and they have the report present. But just to explain it again, we really need this calibration scanning uh, in August, just Catherine and I with the professors to be able to establish this measurement protocol. And then when we invite the members that um, we have uh, uh, all the chances on our side to to get uh, scientific evidence and, and, and valuable data that we can present in court. Um, exactly. So this is the um, the rough plan, and um, the idea is also that we would like to um, already fund the next uh, day after that, which will be open for the victims. And should we totally fail to get the uh, required funding, 
um, then really we have to ask every victim to pay, which at the end of the day is not too much to ask, given that, uh, you know, you will have um, world-class research services, you know, at your fingertips. And for everything else or the medical tests that you need to get done, you need to pay something as well. But, um, you know, we want to bring the price down because we're also aware that a lot of targets are at the absolute limit of their existence. And those who are, are the ones who need the evidence the most urgent, you know, or the most urgently. So um, this is why we want to bring it down. And we also have huge extra costs associated with this, which, uh, you know, Melanie and I, we're also targets and we're also having our finances um, absolutely uh, demolished. So um, what this fundraising is about is to, to cover our extra expenses so that this entire thing can happen and also bring down the cost for the victims. Um, we still have to work out how many victims we can scan per day at an event like that. And the more we can scan, the less the individual price. So if we can set up a factory production line, you know, if just you go and you get scanned, you get the result, bam, ready, then that's of course the best thing. But to get there, we have to do an awful lot of work, you know. So this yeah, is what, what we're aiming to do is that this is a permanent uh, collaboration, a permanent program that we have as IFATO together with, uh, with the university. And that, uh, as Catherine said, that we're such a kind of production line that we really know what we're doing, that we have the measurement protocol ready, and uh, that we can bring in as many members uh, as possible to get scanned. But uh, for this, we have to be able to do that as i said to us is that this calibration scanning in august uh, has to go ahead and we have to finalize the, the measurement protocol so that's what we're currently working on and uh, we're already working in view of uh, you know we're doing this fundraising in, in view of, of to, to doing this the second scanning and then to be able to organize it pretty quickly uh, once the, the calibration scanning is over so um, as you probably know by now you know how to donate uh, Catherine always puts it in the in the description also the, the uh, uh, GoFundMe page is there for the members that are or for the yeah for people that are not in the eurozone and for people that are in the Eurozone that want to support us, they can um, use the, the IBAN number, the IBAN account um, of Ikatoa. Uh, this is the one good news, <laughs> and we hope to be able to, to announce uh, more good news um, shortly. The other uh, news that I had to share is um, that uh, often we victims, we uh, well, we get the comments that we we do not actually know how mentally ill we are uh, uh, because we are uh, no experts in this field. We are not psychologists, we are not uh, psychiatrists. Well, first of all, it's not a psychological problem, as I always say, it's technological problems. <laughs> and there we are certainly experts, or more, more expertise, uh, at least that as... Uh, um, uh, non-victims and especially um, <laughs> uh, psychiatrists or psychologists that have never come across this problem before. Um, so, but as this is uh, a comment we often get, <laughs> uh, I, ha I myself have decided to look dig a little bit deeper and look a little bit uh, deeper into into psychology. And this is why I have. Um, uh, followed a university course uh, of the Australian um, University in Monas uh, in in um, 
in Australia and uh, I have looked this university up and decided to take this one because it's particularly known for the high quality of their uh, psychological sciences. And uh, I think it has been rated uh, number 43 of the 200 most important universities in the world. So I chose this university on purpose. And I have followed the schools and I can announce today uh, with pleasure that I have actually succeeded my studies. <laughs> and uh, Cassian can show my newly acquired diploma in a moment. So at least um, when we are again faced with such, uh, sorry to say, but ignorance or such derogative comments like, well, you, you don't actually know anything about psychology, so that you're not um, aware of your psychological uh, illness or psychiatric illness, then I can at least uh, respond that I do actually have a degree in psychology as well. So I think <laughs> this is a good thing and I'm happy to that I have succeeded. Uh, let me show you, let me um, actually share my screen and show you a certificate while, while you're talking about it. So um, here is the uh, certificate of achievement for Melanie um, and it was the course on introduction to psychology, the psychology of personality. Very nice, successfully completed. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and there it says a little bit uh, what the what the course um, entails and what was what it was about. What what are the learning outcomes? And um, so, yeah, I'm pleased I, <laughs> I succeeded, and at least uh, we have something to counter when we get 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 just this um, typical uh, comment that uh, we don't know because we have not studied uh, psychology. And, so, yeah. but again, <laughs> it's good to have it, but again, it is not a psychological problem, it is a technological problem, and uh, certainly there, <laughs> with what happened to us, we have become experts, and we have a certain expertise in this field, and uh, by the way, Catherine is a uh, physicist, so <laughs> I think uh, we cannot, uh, at least um, if uh, the, this comment is made to her, she probably knows more about uh, physics than these people. That's that is for sure. If, if, if that comment is made uh, to me, I will, I think, laugh my absolute socks off. Um, I also would like to say, actually, this is a, um, on a more serious point. This is, um, you know, a common problem that psychiatrists and psychologists uh, come across with incredible arrogance. And of course, as a high energy physicist, I will just, it's just a smoothly reply that I'm sorry, you know, this is just a pseudoscience as far as I'm concerned. But more importantly, what we're talking about here, anything to do with implants, with neurotechnology, um, with the directed energy weapon attacks and so on and so on, that falls squarely into the field of physics, engineering and neuroscience, not into psychiatry or psychology. And um, having worked in medical physics, I can assure you that already doctors have very, very low understanding of physics and maths and engineering. It's really shocked. I was shocked at Oxford. So I was, I was really shocked. But if you go elsewhere, it's even lower, you know, because at least we do have selection um, criteria. But it's just a snootily reply that I'm sorry, you know, this is just a pseudoscience as far as I'm concerned. But more importantly, what we're talking about here, anything to do with implants, with neurotechnology, um, with the directed energy weapon attacks and so on and so on, that falls squarely into the field of physics, engineering and neuroscience, 
not into psychiatry or psychology. And um, having worked in medical physics, I can assure you that already doctors have very, very low understanding of physics and maths and engineering. It's really shocked. I was shocked at Oxford. So I was, I was really shocked. But if you go elsewhere, it's even lower, you know, because at least we do have selection um, criteria. But the point is that these people need to realize that they're basically not qualified to comment. It's just as simple. So it doesn't matter what the psychiatrist says or psychologist because he has not studied the engineering and the physics of the implants, and he most certainly hasn't studied uh, white collar crime and organized crime to actually place this into the wider context. So their statements are it's certainly in front of court, not in voice. And if you take, for example, this effect of hearing voices, I often make the point that if you just have an illness, uh, which is due to some sort of chemical imbalance in the brain or some disease, some virus or some brain damage, random damage and random illness cannot, it simply cannot, uh, first of all, produce perfect human voices, then also instead of just random noise, say, you know, or, and on top of that, produce perfect grammar, okay, and then on top of that, produce perfect language and perfect grammar in exactly the sort, sort of language that you speak. So, you know, you would have to have an illness that creates perfect English speech in England and perfect Spanish speech in Spain. Now, that sort of disease doesn't exist. So it immediately follows that what you actually have is a chip implant. You've got a little transponder, a little antenna and a little microphone in your ear. Engineering and neuroscience, not into psychiatry or psychology. And psychologists uh, come across with incredible arrogance. And of course, as a high energy physicist, I will just as just as smoothly reply that I'm sorry, you know, this is just a pseudoscience as far as I'm concerned. But more importantly, what we're talking about here, anything to do with implants, with neurotechnology, um, with the directed energy weapon attacks and so on and so on, that falls squarely into the field of physics, engineering and neuroscience, not into psychiatry or psychology. And um, having worked in medical physics, I can assure you that already doctors have very, very low understanding of physics and maths and engineering. It's really shocked. I was shocked at Oxford. So I was, I was really shocked. But if you go elsewhere, it's even lower, you know, because at least we do have selection um, criteria. But the point is that these people need to realize that they're basically not qualified to comment. It's just as simple. So it doesn't matter what the psychiatrist says or a psychologist because he has not studied the engineering and the physics of the implants. And he most certainly hasn't studied uh, white collar crime and organized crime to actually place this into the wider context. So their statements are it's certainly in front of court, not in voice. And if you take, for example, this effect of hearing voices, I often make the point that if you just have an illness, uh, which is due to some sort of chemical imbalance in the brain or some disease, some virus or some brain damage, random damage and random illness cannot, it simply cannot, uh, first of all, produce perfect human voices, then also instead of just random noise, say, you know, or, and on top of that, produce perfect grammar, okay, and then on top of that, produce perfect language and perfect grammar in exactly the sort, sort of language that you speak. So, you know, you would have to have an illness that creates perfect English speech in England and perfect Spanish speech in Spain.
Now that sort of disease doesn't exist, so it immediately follows that what you actually have is a chip implant. You've got a little transponder, a little antenna, and a little microphone in your ear, and that's that. Okay, so anybody who's got voice to skull, where they have to look is in the field of technology. And whatever psychiatrists say, I'm sorry, you can just show them the hand and say, excuse me, psychiatrist, but for the last hundred years, we didn't manage to work it out that it was actually high tech, you know, so goodbye. Um, and it, it's about qualifications. So all of this is the field of, you know, counterterrorism, counterintelligence, engineering, math and physics. Psychiatry doesn't even enter. Psychiatry enters as forensic psychiatry. When you want to analyze why the perpetrators are so messed up in the head, you know, I think. Yes, and then uh, also uh, I think uh, if we look at the victims and look at the people that usually uh, turn to Ikato and come to us and um, complain about being non-consensual implanted, uh, is uh, that uh, I usually find that these people were uh, you know, very well had very well functioning lives before. They were highly performant, uh, often had uh, very high uh, level careers, and uh, succeeded very well. Uh, they are. This is an extremely educated group. Uh, so there are a lot of uh, graduates, postgraduates. Um, so uh, really. Um, very educated group, this is what I see, and from what I understand, people that uh, suffer from schizophrenia, mostly when you talk to their environment, they have never come across as, as uh, really, really normal, you know, ever in their life, they often said that they were always a bit, a bit strange, and uh, typically uh, schizophrenia um, starts in your teens, I think, so uh, for somebody to become certainly uh, uh, um, uh, well suddenly uh, schizophrenic when they're at the end of their 30s the beginning of their 40s which most of these victims are uh, well although they get younger and younger and we have uh, as I said last time all my families that come with uh, with young children uh, that want to be tested and, and, and scanned uh, well that is, that is very unlikely that uh, somebody just you know, suddenly turns uh, schizophrenic um, <laughs> uh, and in the end of the 30s at the beginning of the 30s, 40s when they had no, displayed no psychiatric symptoms. Ever in their life and had usually while functioning life with pretty high, high level careers, I must say. So that's the first thing. Also, we know that schizophrenia can be
psych uh, uh, um, psychopharmaka and um, it would actually really damage your health uh, furthermore so personally i'm very um touched and upset by this uh, false, false commit, um, psychiatric uh, diagnosis and, and commitments, mm -hmm. as we um, have just, uh, you know, I've just experienced myself also. Uh, and what Catherine says is, is true, at least, I don't know what your impression was, but uh, what happened um, at the events at uh, Hospital Erasma, um, I indeed had the impression that um, these psychiatrists were absolutely, well, first of all, very hard, came across as me to, as, as, as very arrogant and did not call their judgment at all into question and were absolutely not ready to consider a, a differential diagnosis or that this problem could, uh, uh, or, or do any research of uh, if this, um, this uh, type of harassment uh, really exists if the technology exists, if the patents exist, and also then, uh, of course, uh, the, the top of the iceberg, so to speak, was that uh, my medical evidence of the foreign body that was removed from my neck was not consulted. So I don't know if you had the same impression, Catherine, uh, considering that they also called you, uh, I think, a paranoid, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what amuse me, amuses me, me the best because, uh, you know, I mean, they are uh, at least, you know, you were a patient. I wasn't even a patient, so they must have analyzed me on the fly, you know, and they were just looking at me like, oh, yeah, she's paranoid. Well, you know, that is just so uh, such an amazing skill for doctor to just, uh, you know, uh, diagnose people like that, that, of course, it doesn't exist. Any real doctor will tell you, you need to really, you know, examine the patient. That's the first, absolute first step. And what yeah, and the medical evidence, yeah, exactly. uh, I should say. Exactly. Because um, what what really struck me and uh, what uh, really puzzled me was that um, they said to me that uh, you had always be, obviously uh, you know that you were obviously paranoid that you had uh, paranoid delusions and uh, they questioned me about this uh, foreign body removed from my throat and I said this is actually true and you can look at the medical evidence uh, if you if you you're concerned about that and uh, they decided that as I offered them to look at the medical evidence that did not say, oh, well, you're totally right. Yeah, my friend's, uh, friend is uh, paranoid and she's uh, she suffers from delusions. Uh, that for them meant that I confirmed your paranoia. So, so I mean, it really, really uh, struck me because any doctor, um, if, if uh, he or she hears this, is, in my opinion, at least obliged to look at the medical evidence to see what the, the patient or the, the friend of the patient, in this case, says is correct. So I was, as you said, I was really amazed by the, by the, the arrogance uh, and the, how, uh, you know, and this, this uh, negligence, um, you know, I, I was treated with. Uh, I am um, talking to see, and so I'm sure I'm not the only one in this case. So, and the, the, the number of psychiatric, uh, false psychiatric diagnosis and uh, false psychiatric commitments that we're still dealing with to this day uh, seems to indicate that my assessment is correct. Well, absolutely. And, I, and there's always, um, in these situations of rampant misdiagnosis, all in the same direction. If they were just randomly scattered, um, one could assume incompetence. 
or when they're all in one direction, it's pretty clear that there's a state directive. In other words, we're dealing with state terrorism. And in every country, it's the same. For example, Dr. Reinhard Munzer, um, a psychologist himself, funnily enough, who first, um, to my knowledge, really scientifically documented directed energy weapon attacks um, in Germany. Um, he was force committed. He's a healthy man, and he was force committed when he was retired. Um, then Frederic Laroche in France, he was force committed after he informed the French Parliament um, of these directed energy weapon attacks in a really harebrained, uh, you know, what looks like an entrapment operation by the biggest idiots of French secret service to me. Um, again, Dr. Bigoshi um, pumped him full of drugs when he arrived and paralyzed his breathing for a day. Yeah, how insane is that? You know, you were put into psychiatry, Melanie, as a healthy woman, and they poisoned you so that your father and I were shocked, you know, that you were shaking. It was absolutely shocking because at the end of the day, even for psychiatrists, the first Hippocratic Oath's um, uh, tenant is that, you know, first do no harm. And what these morons did is do maximum damage as soon as uh, people step through the door. And uh, this is one thing. The other thing is for those people who are new to this entire topic and haven't followed us for the past year, let me just share my screen to tell you what the hell we're on about. Um, so if you go to Techno Crime Fighters Forum 26, that's the episode here with the diagram, you can actually see the analysis of Melanie's throat implant. Let me just go to the minute mark. And where I'm holding up um, Melanie's implants and, and the scientific results that I took myself, this is a microscope um, analysis of the throat implant, and you can see white lines, and these are titanium fibers. And what you can see here is X-ray fluorescence. The implant itself, um, I'm showing, uh, I think, to the screen as well. Where's this thing? Uh, yeah, okay, so at minute mark, what is that? 22 minutes, 30 seconds, you can see the throat implant. So these are all facts we're talking about. And scientific results that are you know, clearly discussed and shown publicly and have been known publicly for a very, very long time, including the proof that this throat implant contains titanium, that's this massive piece. So these white lines are all titanium fibers. Now, uh, the human body does not have titanium in it. So this was the smoking gun evidence that Melanie had a synthetic throat implant that actually was used to strangulate her, and the second half is still in her throat and continues to strangulate her. Is that right, Melanie? Well, uh, yeah, the, the, the problem is not, um, not uh, solved yet. Um, <laughs> that uh, I can confirm or not fully solved. Um, yes, I also wanted to say that actually, uh, you know, the the panel that we were just showing, where we publicly explained uh, the scientific results and the composition of this foreign body removed from my throat, uh, the moderator, who's now unfortunately deceased, is Dr. Carl, uh, uh, Paul Marco, and uh, he um, was a psychologist or not fully solved. Um, yes, I also wanted to say that actually, uh, you know, the the panel that we were just showing, where we publicly explained uh, the scientific results and the composition of this foreign body removed from my throat, uh, the moderator, who's now unfortunately deceased, is Dr. Carl, uh, uh, Paul Marco, and deceased uh, is Dr. Carl. Uh, 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 the panel that we were just showing, 
where we publicly explained uh, the scientific results uh, and the composition of this foreign body remote premise road. Uh, the moderator, who's now unfortunately this composition of this foreign body remote premise road, uh, the moderator, who's now unfortunately deceased, is Dr. Carl, uh, uh, Paul Marco. And, uh, composition of this foreign body removed from my throat. Uh, the moderator, who's now unfortunately deceased, is Dr. Carl. Uh, uh, the composition of this foreign body removed from my throat. Uh, the moderator, who's now unfortunately deceased, is Dr. Carl uh, uh, Paul Marco. And uh, he um, was a psychologist. So uh, he was one of these who actually took a genuine interest in, in, in this subject and uh, brought us together. And that's, that was the beginnings of the Techno Crime Fighters uh, Forum. So um, this is just to, to say that they're also, uh, you know, um, ethically motivated psychologists like the late uh, Dr. Paul, Paul Marco, who also died in, I would say, rather suspicious circumstances. Uh, and uh, so we're very sorry that he's here, not here anymore. But he was a psychologist and he was um, the one who was moderating this uh, techno uh, crime fighters forum um, until his, his death. Uh, I think earlier this year or end of last year, I, I, I can't quite remember. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, so and there also there's also a Canadian psychiatrist, Dr. P Professor um, Gadjit, I think uh, can, I can look it up from the University of um, Newfoundland in, in Canada, who uh, actually wrote a peer-reviewed article in the medical journal of uh, uh, Pakistan and. Uh, uh, about these these weapons and the abuse of these weapons on the on the general population against ordinary citizens. So um, there are also um, mental health professionals that are not all um, let's say blindfolded or to not say corrupt that are actually taking a general interest in these subjects and um, want to help the victims. Hello. I think we've just lost, lost uh, Catherine. That sometimes how it happens. <laughs> uh, hello? Can you still hear me? I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, I got thrown, my computer got oh, interfered okay. with. I think what we're saying is kind of yeah. <laughs> edge of the tolerance of the intelligence agencies. So yeah, it might be. Well, we're used to that, not to interfere. Yeah, so I just said that uh, there's also this uh, Canadian psychiatrist, Dr. Uh, Professor uh, Gadget from the University of Newfoundland in Canada, who wrote a peer-reviewed article uh, that appeared in the in October 2009 in the um, Medical Journal uh, of Pakistan, of the uh, the association, Medical Association, because it's of Pakistani origin. He wrote a long article about these weapons, uh, and uh, he took a, and he was asking himself, well, how how prepared are actually mental health profession professionals, uh, considering that these new weapons weapons exist and are used on the general population, <coughs> and uh, so there are definitely also mental health professionals that are, as I said, uh, maybe um, less blindfolded or. Uh, 
not to say corrupt, to that that, that are looking into these subjects and, and generally want to to do um, their bit to, to help victims and support them in, in their sufferance and not um, let's say uh, add to their torture and their misery and, and locking them possibly up in, in psychiatric wards like it tends to happen unfortunately still too often. Absolutely. And I, I've just, um, you know, I also remembered that the other thing that um, they accused me of for being paranoid for is that I mentioned that the Secret Services are involved in this and um, that we're working with Secret Service people. And I think they found it extremely strange. And one of the things I, um, I wanted to show that this is what I was bringing up when my computer crashed. Let me just share for all those people who are, who are new to this. Um, also, the fact that uh, we are working with uh, the famous NSA whistleblower, Karen Melton-Stewart. So she worked for the NSA for 28 years, and you can see her in this episode discussing this implant with us. So for people, you know, Karen held a top security, um, top secret clearance for 28 years. So for people in the know, this is absolutely nothing unusual, you know. So um, she is in a better position as a, as an expert for weapons development and proliferation to judge what's uh, you know reasonable and what isn't than some sort of uh, psychiatrist. Also, um, one thing I wanted to remind people of is that um, Melanie and I were working in the joint investigation team, and if you go to the about section, you can find all of us. Um, available in open office format. So open office is just like Microsoft Word, but for free. So please download open office and then the formatting is, is correct. I'm also writing some explanatory notes and it should have been released last Thursday, but I got so shot into bits that I had to move my office into my car and um, flee my home. So I'm working from my car these days. And um, because of that, there was some delay. But the explanatory notes are coming and then what we're doing is we are trying to help all these victims around the world who might be going through the same stuff that melanie and i are reporting namely directed energy we uh, weapon attacks um non-consensual implants neurotechnology attacks or being put uh, forced into psychiatry and all that so we're doing several different things we're trying to um, do the scanning for implants we're also trying to prepare court cases worldwide, and this is what the affidavit template is for. Um, we're also trying to lobby parliament and politicians around the world. And uh, we're also trying to get directed energy weapons banned. And I've just looked at the chat, and one question was, and that's to you, uh, Melanie, as the president of ICATOR, the question was, is the scanning in, um, in, in autumn only for ICATOR members? And if so, why? Yes, uh, it's correct. It's uh, only for ICATO members because, uh, well, I mean, I, this is one of the services we offer for, for people that do uh, pay a membership, and um, especially because the scanning itself, uh, as I explained at the beginning, uh, one day costs us, you know, uh, as ICATO, uh, 1,500 euros. So um, we cannot pay that 
from our um, uh, out of our own pockets. Um, we used to do that, but it's, we're victims too, so it's, it's not possible. Unfortunately, we do not have this kind of uh, funds, and uh, so the the Ecuador members um, pay membership fee, and so this is included in the membership that, that we offer just to our members, the ones that want to get scanned. Um, then uh, this is. Uh, a possibility for, for the members, yeah. But yeah, thank you, thank you to, um, for answering that. So that's that's exactly right. So we're trying to um, really get um, you know and get people together. And the other point I was making in the chat also is that if people join Ikator, um, Ikator is a registered charity in Belgium, and because we're also mm -hmm. trying to uh, lobby Parliament, it's a show of strength. You know, you are joining it officially. Um, and um, this means that we can also show we have these member numbers. It's not just a fringe issue. You know, if you just cancel the scanning and disappear, um, that's uh, nice and well. And, you know, well, one day we can also offer that service. However, what we really need is, um, you know, for, for you to step up um, with us and, and say no to this criminality. You don't have to be public yourself, but at least you have to show us a number so that we can say we have these members. And the bigger charity, the more seriously it is taken in Europe. I think that's fair to say. When you say, Madam, you work with the European Commission and the Parliament for 20 years, I yes, think. I, know, I agree. I mean, you're you're part of a club, so to speak, but I, I don't want to call it a club. It's, you have an official legal representation uh, or representation of your interests uh, as, as a victim. So as Catherine said, you don't have to um, come out publicly yourself, um, but uh, you have somebody that looks out for your interests and uh, represents them. So because the other thing is what we're doing, and this is why I uh, regularly uh, go to the European Parliament to, to um, uh, attend these, these meetings there dealing with the subject, is that we want to have appropriate EU legislation uh, to be created to, to ban um, these, these kind of weapons, uh, well, worldwide, but certainly in the European Union. So we want to outlaw uh, these technologies, and they want want to have them regulated. And this is uh, the other other big uh, field where we're working uh, in, and uh, that I'm I'm concerned with. So there are two things: uh, the uh, let's say the lobbying um, towards the European Parliament, and uh, the scanning. Um, so that will we'll offer our members. And we couldn't do this if uh, we're relying on this, 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 this membership fees to, because we also have running costs, so we cannot pay for everything for ourselves. Ourself, I mean, just the hosting of the website uh, costs money. And uh, I mean, it's anything that, 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 a, that a regular office needs and has to have so that we can keep this project going and uh, defend the interests of our members to the best we can. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I would like to add that you can have this kind of services also to get scanned while done by a private investigator. Uh, I uh, know very few that, that do that. And uh, the one uh, who scanned uh, our group, uh, who also uh, confirmed, for example, this, this nanotechnology in my body, the presence, uh, from my knowledge, she's not doing this anymore. Um, and also, in general, I think uh, a scan will usually cost you between 2,500 and 3,000 
euros <laughs> uh, to have that done. So they're very expensive and there are very few professionals that actually do this kind of body scan. So, um, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's actually, uh, you're much better off becoming an ECATO member. <laughs> also financially, uh, I think it's, uh, it's much more affordable. Absolutely, I really, really think so. And also, <clears throat> the, the more, most importantly, the report that you get is from one of the uh, most highly regarded universities in the world for this subject. So, you know, you do get that um, with it as well. So people don't have a problem with recognizing the, the words of that professor, I would say, you know. So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. I won't. I, I, no, I mean, I'm, it, it will be, uh, if it's positive, it will be absolutely acceptable scientific proof uh, in any court exactly. case. Yeah, and I guess uh, we can also say that the professor is also highly regarded, um, you know, by one of the leading uh, experts on microwave weapons in the whole of Belgium and France. So yeah. I think this guy is called. Cool. We're also working. So. Exactly, exactly. So we do really do have a, a top team. And um, the entire idea is to really establish something in Europe where victims can go. And unfortunately, we know from our work that there are so many people who are implanted because this is a this was meant to be a business plan for the future that you will be whacked full of biosensors and, and microchips that can be remote controlled and can cause symptoms of all kinds um, in a remote controlled fashion. And then you can be um, asset stripped. In other words, milked for the money you would put into the drugs and painkillers oh. that you would buy to get rid of the pain or get rid of the symptoms. So sadly, you know, we did find a lot of people who are chipped and including children, sadly. Yes, and as a psychiatrist, uh, mm. Professor Gadit, uh, you know, of the University of Newfoundland, writes in this article the symptoms or the complaints, let's say, that the victims of directed energy weapons attacks and the non consensual experimentation uh, with implant weapons usually describe um, actually mimic the. Uh, symptoms of uh, known psychiatric illnesses, which makes it even more um, difficult for uninformed psychiatrists to, to establish uh, the right diagnosis um, and uh, not the wrong one, which means psychiatric illness. And uh, so this is also, of course, then big business for the, for the pharma industry, because once you are uh, in the psychiatric world and in these um, cycles it's a never understanding story and uh, you will um, be constantly prescribed these, these um, uh, pharmaceutical drugs that have a lot of effects by the way uh, that are you know certainly uh, not um, innocent in terms of health risks um, that uh, you will let's say um, enter this, this never-ending cycle of uh, prescription drugs and uh, once you're misdiagnosed probably you spend your life in misery um, being uh, forced to take these, these uh, very uh, sometimes dangerous drugs um, so this is a very concerning subject and um, because Catherine talked about business plans well in terms of uh, you know financial revenues that this uh, psychiatrization and, and um, prescription drugs um, prescribing um, uh, generates uh, it's certainly um, really uh, quite quite a quite an uh, important sum so yeah 
we are here to help victims to provide them with scientific evidence that uh, then in fact not mentally ill but uh, victims of a highly sophisticated um, technology and, and a high-tech crime yeah and i was i'm um, talking about high-tech i was i was trying to keep an eye on the chat and um, i've just seen targeted ireland ask if um jammers frequency jammers are legal and if they help now, I personally do not have any experience of jammers because um, I do not get voice to skull. I do have an ear chip and I spoke into my ear once, so I know what it sounds like. It sounds literally like, you know, like as if you had um, earphones in, just like earphones, but the earphones are, of course, very, very small. But I don't actually have regular voice to skull that I could experiment around. So, but one of the things I do know um, is that somebody in uh, the UK talked about something that's called the Q-Wave Defender. And uh, there's something called, the, I think, a pocket-sized one and a tabletop-sized one. It does cost a lot of money. And to me, it looked like exactly some sort of jammer device. So it's an antenna array. And I think it creates uh, an probably an oscillating field that is um, you know, messing up the, 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 the chips and the signal that they are receiving. But this particular victim in the UK who actually did a lot of wave defender and frequency jammers are legal and if um, prescription drugs um, prescribing um, uh, generates uh, it's certainly um, really uh, quite quite a quite an uh, important sum. So yeah. We are here to help victims to provide them with scientific evidence that uh, then, in fact, not mentally ill, but uh, victims of a highly sophisticated um, technology and, and a high-tech crime. Yeah, and I was I'm um, talking about high-tech. I was I was trying to keep an eye on the chat, and um, I've just seen targeted Ireland ask if um, jammers, frequency jammers, are legal and if they help. Now, I personally do not have any experience of jammers because um, I do not get voice to skull. I do have an ear chip and I spoke into my ear once, so I know what it sounds like. It sounds literally like, you know, like as if you had um, earphones in, just like earphones, but the earphones are, of course, very, very small. But I don't actually have regular voice to skull that I could experiment around. So, but one of the things I do know um, is that somebody in uh, the UK talked about something that's called the Q-Wave Defender. And uh, there's something called, the, I think, a pocket-sized one and a tabletop-sized one. It does cost a lot of money. And to me, it looked like exactly some sort of jammer device. So it's an antenna array. And I think it creates uh, an probably an oscillating field that is um, you know, messing up the, 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 the chips and the signal that they're receiving. But this particular victim in the UK who actually did a lot of um, you know, um, searching for, for remedies because um, he gets voice to skull, he said that actually the voice to skull doesn't disappear, but it's, it's subdued. So it's kind of, I think it's quieter or it's not as free, something like that. And that to me sounds like a jammer. So it's called the Q-Wave Defender. Uh, please, you know, raise the money, use crowdfunding for that and try it out because we have to find a solution. And if many people confirm that this really works, because you never know, are his perps playing with him or what is happening? But if many people confirm that this works, then we can advertise it as a, as a possible help, if not end solution. And more importantly, then I can really start looking into it and try to reverse engineer what's happening. So 
I have uh, personally, I, I used the, the QDEF Wave Defender. I, I ordered it uh, some time ago. I must say that did not did not stop at all the attacks. I, uh, there was literally no effect for me. I have spoken to people that do have it and that said that uh, it helps uh, a few days or so. Uh, but then apparently they found a way to, um, you know, uh, well, around it. And then they, you know, after a few days, it wasn't working anymore because the attacks uh, ah. started. Yes, this is. So I don't know if it's really something advisable. I yeah. don't want to advise the victims to spend a lot of money on something that, until now, at least, I, I mean, I'm speaking for me, uh, it has not helped. And the few victims that I've talked to that have used it, all said that after some time. Uh, they found a way around it apparently and, and the attacks resumed. This is really interesting because at least for a few days uh, it sounds like it's possible to confound them, which indicates that jammers do help, but maybe they figure out the algorithm used by these Q-Wave defenders. So that what this person told me in the UK is, and I should ask him for the precise statements for next time, is that he said, I think he wears two in his, um, in his pocket with the little pocket size ones, and they told me as the tabletop one, and it really helps uh, him sleep. Um, mm -hmm. So, so much about it. But it, at least it indicates that jamming is a is a way to go for these signals, which is what I would expect. Because I've so um, here's what I know about these ear implants. So the people um, who I've seen, they typically have scars behind the ear, yeah. um, and it's it's to me it very much looks like what's implanted there is the antenna, because the antenna is always a bit longer than the chip itself. There's also a victim who told me that um, the antenna was inside <clears throat> inside the ear canal, and when she pulled it out, it was literally like a, a little curved thing, which again sounds like an antenna to me. Mm -hmm. You would expect an antenna, and you would expect a chip. Um, one of the things that I'm really working towards is um, I would encourage everybody with voice to scowl quickly, get a, um, an x-ray of your head, and I think that's fairly easy to do um, if you go to the dentist. Um, we are here to help victims to provide them with scientific evidence that uh, then, in fact, not mentally ill, but uh, victims of a highly sophisticated um, technology and, and a high-tech crime. Yeah, and I was um, talking about high-tech. I was, I was trying to keep an eye on the chat, and um, I've just seen Targeted Ireland ask if um, jammers, frequency jammers, are legal and if they help. Now, I personally do not have any experience of jammers because um, I do not get voice to skull. I do have an ear chip and I spoke into my ear once, so I know what it sounds like. It sounds literally like, you know, like as if you had um, earphones in, just like earphones, but the earphones are, of course, very, very small. But I don't actually have regular voice to skull that I could experiment around. So but one of the things I do know um, is that somebody in uh, the UK talked about something that's called the Q-Wave Defender. And uh, there's something called, uh, I think, a pocket-sized one and a tabletop-sized one. It does cost a lot of money. And to me, it looked like exactly some sort of jammer device. So it's an antenna array. And I think it creates uh, an probably an oscillating field that is um, you know, messing up the, 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 the chips and the signal that they're receiving. But this particular victim in the UK who actually did a lot of um, you know, um, searching for, for remedies because um, he gets voice to skull, 
he said that actually the voice to skull doesn't disappear, but it's it's subdued. So it's kind of I think it's quieter or it's not as free or something like that. And that to me sounds like a jammer. So it's called the Q Wave Defender. Uh, please, you know, raise the money, use crowdfunding for that, and try it out because we have to find a solution. And if many people confirm that this really works, because you never know, are his perps playing with him or what is happening? But if many people confirm that this works, then we can advertise it as a as a possible help, if not end solution. And more importantly, then I can really start looking into it and try to reverse engineer what's happening. So. I have uh, personally, I, I used to the QDEF Wave Defender. I, I ordered it uh, some time ago. I must say that it did not, did not stop at all the attacks. I, uh, there was literally no effect for me. I have spoken to people that do have it and that said that uh, it helps uh, a few days or so. Uh, but then apparently they found a way to, um, you know, uh, well, around it and then they you know after a few days it wasn't working anymore because the attacks uh, ah. started yes this is so i don't know if it's really something advisable i do not want to advise uh, victims to spend a lot of money on something that until now at least i, I mean i'm speaking for me uh, it has not helped and the few victims that i've talked to that have used it all said that after Sometime uh, they found a way around it apparently, and, and the attacks resumed. This is really interesting because at least for a few days, uh, it sounds like it's possible to confound them, which indicates that jammers do help. But maybe they figure out the algorithm used by these Q-wave defenders. So that what this person told me in the UK is, and I should ask him for the precise statement oh. for next time, is that he said I think he wears two in his um, in his pockets, the little pocket-sized ones. And at home he has the tabletop one and it really helps uh, him sleep um mm -hmm. so so much about it but it, at least it indicates that jamming is a is a way to go for these signals which is what i would expect because i've so um here's what i know about these ear implants so the people um who i've seen they typically have scars behind the ear yeah. um and it's it's to me it very much looks like what's implanted there is the antenna because the antenna is always a bit longer than the chip itself there's also a victim who told me that um, the antenna was inside the, <clears throat> inside the ear canal and when she pulled it out, it was literally like a, a little curved thing, which again sounds like an antenna to me. Mm -hmm. You would expect an antenna and you would expect a chip. Um, one of the things that I'm really working towards is um, I would encourage everybody with voice to skull quickly get a, um, an x-ray of your head. And I think that's fairly easy to do um, if you go to the dentist. Um, you know, if you've got a dentist who knows this, or I think there are certain symptoms that you can just make up that you've got all oh, this type of headache and then quickly, quickly doctors do an x-ray. This is what one of the doctors I know told me. It's like, hey, if people need an x-ray, just say this to your GP and then you'll get a head x-ray. But then, you know, you have to get one where you can see the ear part and the x-rays I've seen of the head, you can actually see little square plates behind the ear, which very much looks like these new, um, medical implants that help the hard of hearing here and even deaf people can hear by using bone conduction and stuff like that so that is one way that you can get first of all the evidence and my personal view is that if we we quickly get together these court cases which is where the affidavit template comes in and we just whack the judges with the evidence that this is really going on 
it should be possible to get a court injunction against the secret services and against the telecommunication companies who at the very end of the day are helping to transmit these signals to your basically you have a little microphone a little mobile phone in your ear but it has to go over a signals chain that um, one can get an injunction for so my personal viewers um that's the quickest way to do it and you know <laughs> the other thing is also to get these implants out implies you need to get an operation you know not everybody wants that so personally i think the quickest way to do it is just tell these bastards to just shut up and and cut communicating with the ear, ear implants so that's my view just what i'm working towards we we had two things that we wanted to mention briefly oh yes just very briefly i wanted to um I've released a big, big news today for everybody who is in Australia. Um, I would like to point you to my Twitter channel because today on Twitter, something really big um, happened. I mean, people have been trying to collect evidence to this effect for a long time. And there is evidence from other... Professor Gar did, uh, you know, of the University of Newfoundland, writes in this article the symptoms or the complaints, let's say, that the victims of directed energy weapons attacks and the non concentric experimentation uh, with implant weapons usually describe. Um, actually mimic the, uh, the symptoms of uh, known psychiatric illnesses, which makes it even more um, difficult for uninformed psychiatrists to, to establish uh, the right diagnosis um, and uh, not the wrong one, which means a psychiatric illness. And uh, so this is also, of course, then big business for the, for the pharma industry, because once you are uh, in the psychiatric world and in these um, cycles it's a never understanding story and uh, you will um, be constantly prescribed these, these um, uh, pharmaceutical drugs that have a lot of effects by the way uh, um, that are you know certainly uh, not um, innocent in terms of health risks um, that uh, you will let's say um, enter this, this never-ending cycle of uh, prescription drugs and uh, once you're misdiagnosed probably you spend your life in misery um, being uh, forced to take these, these uh, very uh, sometimes dangerous drugs um, so this is a very concerning subject and um, because Catherine talks about business plans well in terms of uh, you know financial revenues that this uh, psychiatrization and, and um, prescription drugs um, prescribing um, uh, generates uh, it's certainly um, really uh, quite quite a quite an uh, important sum so yeah we are here to help victims to provide them with scientific evidence that uh, then in fact not mentally ill 
but uh, victims of a highly sophisticated um, technology and, and a high-tech crime. Yeah, and I was um, talking about high-tech. I was, I was trying to keep an eye on the chat, and um, I've just seen Targeted Ireland ask if um, jammers, frequency jammers, are legal and if they help. Now, I personally do not have any experience of jammers because um, I do not get voice to skull. I do have an ear chip and I spoke into my ear once, so I know what it sounds like. It sounds literally like, you know, like as if you had um, earphones in, just like earphones, but the earphones are, of course, very, very small. But I don't actually have regular voice to skull that I could experiment around. So, but one of the things I do know um, is that somebody in uh, the UK talked about something that's called the Q-Wave Defender. And uh, there's something called, the, I think, a pocket-sized one and a tabletop-sized one. It does cost a lot of money. And to me, it looked like exactly some sort of jammer device. So it's an antenna array. And I think it creates a, an os probably an oscillating field that is um, you know, messing up the, 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 the chips and the signal that they're receiving. But this particular victim in the UK who actually did a lot of um, you know, um, searching for, for remedies because um, he gets voice to skull, he said that actually the voice to skull doesn't disappear, but it's, it's subdued. So it's kind of, I think it's quieter or it's not as free or something like that. And that to me sounds like a jammer. So it's called the Q-Wave Defender. Uh, please, you know, raise the money, use crowdfunding for that and try it out because we have to find a solution. And if many people confirm that this really works, because you never know, are his perps playing with him or what is happening? But if many people confirm that this works, then we can advertise it as a, as a possible help, if not end solution. And more importantly, then I can really start looking into it and try to reverse engineer what's happening. So. I have uh, personally, I, I used the QDEX Wave Defender. I, I ordered it uh, some time ago. I must say that it did not, did not stop at all the attacks. I, uh, there was literally no effect for me. I have spoken to people that do have it and that said that uh, it helps uh, a few days or so. Uh, but then apparently they found a way to, um, you know, uh, well, around it and then they you know after a few days it wasn't working anymore because the attacks uh, ah. started yeah this is so really i don't know if it's really something advisable i don't want to advise uh, victims to spend a lot of money on something that until now at least i, I, I mean i'm speaking for me uh, it has not helped and the few victims that i've talked to that have used it all said that after some time uh, they found a way around it apparently and, and the attacks resumed. This is really interesting because at least for a few days uh, it sounds like it's possible to confound them, which indicates that jammers do help, but maybe they figure out the algorithm used by these Q-Wave defenders. So that what this person told me in the UK is, and I should ask him for the precise statements for next time, is that he said, I think he wears two in his, um, in his pocket with the little pocket-sized ones, and it told me as the tabletop one, and it really helps uh, him sleep. Um, so, so much about it, but it, at least it indicates that jamming is a is a way to go for these signals, which is what I would expect. Because I've so um, here's what I know about these ear implants. For the people um, who I've seen, they typically have scars behind the ear, yeah. um, and it's it's to me it very much looks like what's implanted there is the antenna, because the antenna is always a bit longer than the chip itself. 
There's also a victim who told me that um, the antenna was inside <clears throat> inside the ear canal, and when she pulled it out, it was literally like a, a little curved thing, which again sounds like an antenna to me. Mm -hmm. You would expect an antenna, you would expect a chip. Um, one of the things that I'm really working towards is um, I would encourage everybody with voice to scale quickly, get a, um, an x-ray of your head. And I think that's fairly easy to do um, if you go to the dentist, um, you know, if you've got a dentist who knows this, or I think there are certain symptoms that you can just make out that you've got all this type of headache and then quickly, quickly doctors do an x-ray. This is what one of the doctors I know told me. It's like, hey, if people need an x-ray, just say this to your GP and then you'll get an, a head x-ray. But then, you know, you have to get one where you can see the ear part. And the x-rays I've seen of the head, you can actually see little square plates behind the ear, which very much looks like these new um, medical implants that help the hard of hearing ear. And even deaf people can hear by using bone conduction and stuff like that. So that is one way that you can get, first of all, the evidence. And my personal view is that if we, we quickly get together these court cases, which is where the affidavit template comes in, and we just whack the judges with the evidence that this is really going on, it should be possible to get a court injunction against the secret services and against the telecommunication companies, who at the very end of the day are helping to transmit these signals to your Basically, you have a little microphone, a little mobile phone in your ear, but it has to go over a signals chain that uh, one can get an injunction for. So my personal view is um, that's the quickest way to do it. And, you know, <laughs> the other thing is also to get these implants out implies you need to get an operation. You know, not everybody wants that. So personally, I think the quickest way to do it is just tell these bastards to just shut up. And, and cut communicating with the ear, ear implants. So that's my view, just what I'm working towards. We, we had two things that we wanted to mention briefly. Oh yes, just very briefly. I wanted to um, release the big, big news today for everybody who is in Australia. Um, I would like to point you to my Twitter channel because today on Twitter, something really big um, happened. I mean, people have been trying to collect evidence to this effect for a long time, and there is evidence from other...
Hello, I'm so sorry. Um, this is absolutely hilarious. So, the, the, of course, the intelligence agency knows exactly what I'm about to show you guys. And <laughs> the fact that I was thrown again shows you that it's kind of like a sensitive issue. Um, so, please let me share my screen one more time. This time it should work. And I wanted to show you something that just blew my mind today. Um, because, okay, what this entire topic is about is the following. So, um, for a very, very long time, people were trying to prove that the police services are involved really big time in the gang stalking. And today, somebody, um, just, I'm just looking for the um, evidence, where is it? Um, here. So, um, yes, here we are. Um, let me share my screen. And um, so today, um, one person in Australia um, uploaded a video, and it's this one here. It's um, You find it on my Twitter, which is at stop007.org. If you scroll down to tweet, my tweet number 2500, um, I'm already linking it. And then in the tweet above, you'll see the direct link. And it, it is, um, has been tweeted by one underscore stalking. And this is um, uh, a, a gentleman. I, I, I've got his name here. I think it was Andre um, Joseph Picard. And he called Australian police and he complained about the break-ins and the harassment that he's experiencing. And they pretty much confessed to his face that they are running it. So um, he said he wants to be excluded from this. And uh, the, the lady on the phone told, told him that he has to get in touch with so-and-so at the police if he wants to get off this harassment list. And um, I think it turns out that in Australia, this is, I think, um, North um, South Wales, what's it called? New South Wales Police. Um, he, it's, it turns out to be a so-called suspect targeting management plan that this is associated with. Okay, suspect targeting management plan. And I've also tweeted this report what this sort of stuff is. But what is most mind-blowing is on the Twitter um, uh, feed, um, if you go to his YouTube, you can actually hear the audio recording of the call to the police. And it is absolutely mind-blowing because the police officer he talks to pretty much admits that they are doing the gang stalking in Australia. And I, when I was listening, I listened to the video twice and I was just, I jumped up from my chair and I was cheering because this evidence is worth gold in court. Number one, it means that everybody, and I mean everybody in Australia who's in this gang stalking program can go straight to court and sue the government and sue the police for this um, domestic terror program that is run on them because you have pretty much a police officer admitting that they are breaking into people's homes for harassment. You know, when you really cut it down, that's essentially what she's admitting to right there. You know, she was not, not surprised at all. She didn't say on the phone, what are you telling me? People keep breaking into your homes and what are you telling me about? Never heard about this criminality in Australia. No, instead she's cool as a cucumber. She says, oh yeah, yeah, well, you know have to get off the list. You have to get in charge with, talk with so-and-so. And he isn't in, unfortunately, come back Monday. So, whoa, you know, pretty big deal. But it's even a bigger deal than that because we already in the past, um, victims have uncovered the recruitment video for the gang stalkers in Canada. So we have already, uh, you know, um, something in Canada, something in Australia, and in the UK, there's something called the PREVENT program, which also has been uh, linked and we are solidifying those links with this gang stalking terror program. And there are other links to the UK police showing that they're involved. 
and what what is building Canada, UK, Australia, and in the oh, sorry in the US, um, our colleague Karen Nelson Stewart she tracked down the gang stalking program to Lockheed Martin working for the fusion centers. So in the US we have already links to uh, you know an arms contractor and uh, a government contractor and and the government. So slowly, we can prove that across the entire Five Eyes network, this domestic terror is being run by the police, by the FBI, by the fusion centers, by big you know, arms contractors and stuff like that. And kaboom, what we really have in court is a lot of liability and you know, claims for damages and tort against them. And um, all I'm saying is if you really want to get a lot of money in court, you better sue somebody who is very, very rich. And people like, you know, our institutions like the government, the police, the intelligence agencies, and especially Lockheed Martin are very, very rich, I'm told. So look forward to the court cases, you know, and thank you to um, Andre uh, Joseph Picard for really blowing this wide open in Australia because, you know, it's one of the missing links. So thank it's you. Really, really, really interesting. And I don't know uh, if, if I just actually now uh, here in my top right uh, hand corner, just now this uh, the live icon went on. So I hope we have been live before, but you told me that we were. I would like to add to this, I can maybe put this here in the chat, uh, that uh, here in Belgium there's a criminologist um, who wrote uh, very interesting articles about uh, the uh, organized harassment, uh, commonly known as organized stalking or gang stalking. And it's in French, but uh, this, um, I don't know if you can open it. The, uh, uh, this uh, article uh, explains these, uh, you know, covert harassment techniques. And it was also this article where the problematic d'un harcèlement criminel en réseau was actually uh, published in the uh, yeah it's uh, in the Revue Internationale de Criminologie de Police Technique et Scientifique, so the international uh, magazine of uh, uh, criminology and uh, for. Um, you know, for the uh, technical police. And what I wrote there is uh, that it was, it was actually quite interesting to, to read that um, the, the police is very well aware of, uh, of these, uh, you know, um, harassment techniques uh, uh, and, and programs. And that, uh, you know, they, they're getting the directive that once a victim comes and, and complains about, illegal entries into the home, uh, ransacking of the property, um, elite surveillance, uh, that are actually trained to turn down the, um, the complaints of the victim or to uh, ridicule them or say, well, it's all in your mind, this is paranoia, that it's not going, it's not going on and you're imagining these things. So um, I find that very interesting that there is you know, a criminologist who actually worked with the Brussels police and um, wrote uh, about the subject and uh, that uh, also usually what is done when a victim of this kind of uh, harassment, covered harassment comes to the police and complains about it, that uh, the police is instructed to minimize his complaints or, um, you know, so to speak, blow him or her off. 
so I found it very interesting. And uh, if you, um, the abstract is in English, so uh, the English speakers can read this. Um, I, I also like it. But I, I think this is a great link. And one of the things that um, you can also do if you're using Google Chrome is you can activate Google Translate as an app. Right. I just yeah. click on this, and one of the things that it does, it runs through the page and turns everything to English or your chosen language. And I have to say, this translation tool is excellent. And here is a, a direct comparison. This was in French and got translated to English by Google Translate. And this is the original English translation by the authors. And I think right. the two are pretty identical. But then further down the page, now everything that was in uh, French has now been turned to English. So my point is, if you do this, you can then go to a control P, so print, and then if you if you need this for court cases, you can print it off in English. I hope you guys can see this. I've just turned it into an English, entirely English PDF using Google Translate, and it will then generate 17 pages from this article that you can print off straight away to PDF, PDF and then you can stick it straight into your court cases. I think this is a fantastic link, Melanie, and I think what we should do is I should um, I think I can post it in the chat if I'm lucky. Sorry, where's the chat here? Okay, that um, works, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah, that have worked. So people in the chat can see this straight away. And then I'll also post it um, below um, the, the video later on so that people can also find it um, in the description, you know, be below the YouTube video. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Uh, well, I think uh, for today we're almost through. This is uh, what we wanted to announce. Absolutely. So once again, you know, to to terminate in beauty, so to speak, <laughs> I would like to uh, ask people to, to donate uh, so that we can, you know, schedule the second member scanning very, very quickly, uh, hopefully in September, October. Please, Catherine, could you once again show how people can donate the GoFundMe page and the uh, the, the joiner section with the Equator uh, IBAN number? And we hope that uh, we're lucky again and get the last uh, two thirds in, which amount to about hours, so that we can um, schedule the the member scanning. Absolutely. I will show the page now and then I have just got a quick announcement to make myself. So if you would like to donate, please, please donate to Ikatoa. Um, go to ikatoa.be because there you will find both methods for donation. If you are in the US, we suggest you go to GoFundMe here. That's the link here. And then you, um, by clicking here on Donate Now, you're taken through to our um, to, to Ikatoa's GoFundMe page. Here and then clicking on this button, which should appear in English for you, um, you can um, go and donate straight away. Um, the disadvantage is that by donating through GoFundMe, 5% goes um, as a platform fee to GoFundMe. It will not reach us. Um, but I think for the people in the US, this might be um, a, a cheap uh, way to do that. Alternatively, if you are in Europe, and especially if you are in the Eurozone, uh, we recommend you go to join us and you pick up the bank details of Ikatoa. So that you can find here at the very bottom, Ikatoa bank details. And um, if you're within the Eurozone or within Europe, it is the, the cheapest thing is if you use your online banking and you just do a direct bank transfer to 
this IBAN number here and the BIC code is, is stated there because within Europe it should be for free for you to do a buy, um, bank transfer. And then finally, um, actually one of the ways that people in the US can donate um, to us um, or to, to ICAT or rather, and it, it doesn't incur the bank transfer fee, this is something that I've discovered, um, may I just take you to my website because it might be interesting for people in the US in general. If you go to my website, stop007.org and you scroll down here to this um, tiger, um, which is the Invest in Progress, um, I have found this website called TransferWise. You will find the link here. And I explain how you can donate um, to bank accounts um, from the US in US dollars. And you will not be charged with these, frankly, rip-off fees of 25 to $30, okay, per bank transfer. I have to say for people in Europe, this is absolutely egregious. Uh, we are making bank transfers or wire transfers for absolutely free. And you guys in the US spend something like 25 to $30. I think you're being ripped off big time. But if you create a TransferWise account, you can upload money to TransferWise if you use the option load by direct debit, that is totally for free. And once it's within a TransferWise account, you can make a transfer to any US account for free again. So you can use that to donate to Europe. Um, you can also use that you know, to donate to other people or to make bank transfers to your friends and family for absolutely for free forever after. And every single time you do, you're saving 25 to $30. So I think that is worth your time. Um, and also a small side effect, if you use the, um, the link on my website to sign up with TransferWise, then I will get the referral fee and I can funnel it back into helping victims. So that's also a good, good thing to do. So I think that's, we, we, you've got everything to support us. And then finally, in the last 30 seconds, I just would like to say uh, briefly in my, my own case, but it's, I think many victims are exactly in the same situation. I am now here in Zurich um, being machine guns most of the time into the head um, but also to the rest of my body continuously. I have passed a cease and desist to my neighbors, which they have ignored. I am being machine gunned to smithereens. Um, I get light flashes and shots through my eyes and through my brain every single night, especially in the night. And there's nothing I can do to make these neighbors stop personally. So I, I really need help here because the truth is that my brain is being damaged systematically. So one of the things that is the next step um, as I'm preparing my court case is I'm going to take the neighbors to court and I'm going to take the neighbors to court who are most likely responsible for this. I know that at least four neighbors in all four directions, east, west, north, south, um, south must be involved. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, um, I can't tell precisely with this, but I've got other reasons to suspect people. For example, the placing of a big fat satanic goat or you know, a, a crunched up uh, car you know, in the front garden. But anyway, um, I leave it open, but I, I have my main subject, uh, sorry, suspect. I'm now going to send a letter to them, which I have now composed. And um, there are many, many letters here for each of the neighbors. And it's a notification of upcoming court cases and that the, I will actually charge them as the main subject of crime against humanity. And um, in many jurisdictions, it's kind of, you know, um, sometimes mandatory that you notify people before you take them to court. So this will be my letter. And I will upload the original letters to all the neighbors to prove to the public that I've made this notification to them. 
as a final call and a final request that they stop shooting me. Um, I will also upload uh, not just the paid German, I will also upload the, um, so the original, the template that, that you can adopt yourself if you know, um, you know who your neighbors are, but I'll also upload an English translation. So wherever you are in Germany, in German-speaking Switzerland, in an English-speaking country, you can immediately, today, do the same thing to do tomorrow morning, which is post these letters to the neighbors. And it is the notification of crimes against humanity, and it's saying, I'm taking you to court. Um, and there, caveat, I'm not accusing anybody personally. I say, you're guilty, in which case, you know, I'm going to sue you and you're liable with your personal wealth. Or if you're not guilty, please keep this letter, you know, carefully keep it for future because you too have a claim against the government and Swiss Secret Services because you are one of my neighbors and half the shots reflect off into you. And if if you cancer at any future time on neurological, degenerative neurological diseases or problems with your eyes, you have a claim against the government because I can prove that I continue to be shot at. And talking about proof, I have made a three-hour video as I'm sleeping at night, so you can watch me sleep. But most importantly, you can hear a non-stop patter of shots um, as I'm sleeping on desk in this metal bunker, which, as you can see, is reinforced with metal. And um, that is the ultimate proof that I continue to be shot at with military-grade weapons because they actually shoot through the metal shed. So I'm explaining all this because I know that many, many victims are in the same situation. If you continue to be shot up, these are the steps you, you can take. Um, and then, you know, you can make the same sort of evidence videos that I'm making. You can use, if you want to, the very same letters. And also, you can download my letters to my neighbors and put them straight into your case and argue, um, you know, referring to my case, um, that, well, you know, Dr. Catherine Horton in Switzerland has done exactly the sort of campaigns I'm doing. So I'm not alone. This is not crazy. This is nothing unusual. In fact, this is what one needs to do. So if you do it together, no one can jump on us individually. So, and to, to finish maybe with a funny little anecdote, although it's not that funny. Uh, before the show, you told me, um, you showed me a some very odd decorations you oh. next, next day our neighbors have in the garden <laughs> maybe you could show this to um, to our viewers because i do indeed think that uh, there's something a little going on here oh gosh yes so uh, absolutely you're right so and this is i am showing this to to basically encourage all the victims who have exactly this sort of nonsense happening to just photograph it and make it public because as Melanie says, so I've already made public how I've got a black life-size goat that appeared on one flat roof next to my house. Just, you know, the, the day um, when I um, survived my first, my first assassination attempt. <laughs> but now, um, another neighbor, let me show the image. Um, I will show the image from my kitchen window. This is what my, the view looks like from my kitchen window. Because the, the new neighbor, the new neighbors, fairly new neighbors, who've been living there for a year or a year and a half, um, so this is the view from my kitchen window here. And the, the neighbors, I think, Eagley and Ernie living there, one happy day, they decided um, to place, um, so this is their, their front yard. And one day they decided to place um, the wreck of a car, a car wreck 
into their front garden. And this car wreck is massive. It was dropped off with a crane. And um, it just so happens that the tire shows a pentagram here that I can see quite clearly. But um, it just so happens that I'm regularly almost run off the motorway with the secret services in Europe trying to make me have a car crash. I'm getting, you know, death threats uh, regularly um, about me being killed in car accidents and so on and so on. And then my neighbors put the car wreck into their front garden with the car wreck having a color identical to the, the color of my car. So that already was eyebrow raising. So this happened a while back, you know, so I find it extremely strange and I'm staring at this every single day out of my kitchen window, which personally I consider to be a death threat in itself. But that aside, now after I made the neighbor campaign and I said I'm being assaulted with directed energy weapons, my neighbors in a little, uh, you know, they had, I think, a dinner party out in the garden and they thought it was highly amusing to put this construction contraption into their garden which is this kind of metal panel and this metal dish pointing at my house and then they've got this what looks like an um, electrical cable running up a pole and the points here and here are actually flashing lights and when the day when they put it up with their friends who came over to dinner um, these things were flashing red so I just walked into my kitchen and I had WTF written across my face because all I could see were two bright red flashing lights drawing attention to this contraction and I literally thought my goodness my neighbors put the you know whatever the Hubble telescope or the European space station into their front garden because I couldn't see what the hell this was and the next day I could see what this actually was and I thought hang on this looks like a step ladder here left and right and that looks like I don't know what you know and and it was very very funny and this is what Melanie is referring to because today I was standing in the kitchen washing the dishes and I looked out and I had the next door neighbor sheepishly you know look at my window and then walk over and disassemble this thing and it turns out this and this left and right is a step ladder and he sheepishly put it to one side this in the middle is actually a metal sink which he lifted up and carried off and then he disentangled all the stuff. It turns out these are bike lights. And this gray metal pole, um, that turns out to be um, some, somewhere where you can hang your clothes. And then he was, you know, it turned out that his wife, you know, had to wash the, uh, the clothes. And that's when the joke, uh, you know, had to be terminated. And then they spent their time hanging little, you know, shirts and panties into the, into the garden. And To say I was watching him do that and um, I actually filmed it for evidence to show that this is really a kitchen sink and I just thought my god you know that is a walk of shame in my view because I've now involved and this is serious this is what these people don't understand this is not a joke I'm actually being hurt I'm actually being mutilated every night and these people make a fucking joke out of it. But um, I know that many, many victims are in exactly this sort of situation with your neighbors making fun and being civilian participants in crimes against humanity. And I just encourage you just photograph these morons and, and we will ridicule them forever after. So, you know. <laughs>
yeah, and because you just said, well, hanging little, uh, you know, t-shirts and panties and whatever in the garden, uh, I just would like to um, add that uh, I'm still getting a lot of requests uh, regarding what happened with my daughter, if I have her back now, if my baby has my baby back. I saw that on the, in the last video that we did, there were a lot of uh, comments like this also, um, people in wondering what was happening. So, uh, thank you very much for all this concern. Unfortunately, the user is still running, so I cannot uh, answer these, uh, these requests and these concerns positively yet. Um, I would also like to thank uh, the ones like uh, Jacqueline and um, Jacqueline M <laughs> and others who have been so kind and nice to have sent me little baby clothes and uh, uh, little presents. So I've obviously been very touched uh, by this and, and all the, the continued interest um, in, you know, in uh, my destiny <laughs> and in, in what happened, uh, you know, coming from from all over the world, basically, this request and, and well wishes and and, and plans. Um, I will certainly report once this uh, old saga uh, has hopefully um, finished uh, positively. But uh, thank you again for all your interest and uh, and for the presence. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I have to say we will we will fight Melanie to get the baby back, and when we do, we'll throw the biggest party ever. And then these people will have it coming so big. Yeah. Absolutely. Whatever happens, you know, we'll get the baby back. And um, I'm just shocked. I'm, I'm just really shocked at what happened. And my God, I, um, I am so angry at these people for what they have done to you and your family. And I swear that I'll just fight to the end to get the baby back and um, actually make, make up for everything that was done to your family. And, um, you know, I, I swear, one of the things we'll get is the biggest, fattest amount of compensation, you know, so um, your daughter can look forward to, on her 18th day, receiving her red Ferrari, you know. <laughs> this is one of the... One yeah, of I must say, it was also uh, not, uh, you know, not your fault. It was, uh, you know, only spoke about my medical problem out of concern. Yeah. Uh, what followed was certainly um, not foreseeable and a great shock to, to everybody in the whole community. So. I, I have to say I'm, I'm still I'm still under shock and um, you know never ever would I have ever anticipated that uh, me just being really concerned about you not being able to breathe and just saying ever lead to that. If I had known of course I would have never ever ever said that you know I was, I was just it's the first live operation I saw and I just thought if something goes wrong and they have to put the tube through your, into your throat and there's an obstruction, you know, oh my God, you know, stuff can go so badly wrong. So, but anyway, I still think people should be able to, um, yeah, utter medical concerns and what happened after that um, and what they did to you gratuitously, cutting you off at midnight and interrogating you at Hospital Brugman and then falsifying the psychiatrist report, I that uh, to me is, is already a red flag to a ball, you know. Um, but we, first of all, we have to get the base, the most important thing. And this is also why we can't go into great detail because the court case is still running and everything that we say now will be used against you, first of all, you know, as an, as an excuse. So 
um, I hope people understand why we can't keep um, keep you updated. It's not because we keep you in the dark. It's because we're trying to put money on her baby. But um, you can be sure that as soon as the baby's back, um, you know, things will look different. <laughs> so things will take a very Exactly, exactly. So well, that uh, was it for today. Um, and we really hope that we'll get uh, a lot of donations so that we can schedule the <laughs> university scanning. Exactly, and I know that your your donation is really um, flowing into helping not just Melanie or just me or just the members of Ikator. They are really helping to blow the biggest crime um, in, of you know crimes against humanity.